It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Damn Podcast. I am your host, Angie Machado, publisher of BeaverBlitz.com, and joined with me is our fearless beat writer, Jake Hedberg, who has spent an awful lot of time in Corvallis. In fact, I think you're coming <laughs> to us from Corvallis today, right? Yep. Okay, so I, we are at week three right now, fall camp, and typically we would have been shut out. Media would have been shut out by now, but we still have a couple more days to go. And we're going to talk a, bit, a little bit about that fall camp wrap up as the team kind of starts to transition from fall camp to actual football um, prep for the season. We are going to preview the 2023 season. So Jake and I are going to go game by game, kind of give some thousand level, 10,000 level foot um, kind of breakdown of kind of where we see things. We have a mailbag with not a ton of questions, but we have some questions that we're going to go through. We'll have the guest, the beaver. Jake, are you going to stump me today? I need to think of one still. Okay, uh, okay. He's not quite ready. I'll, and then we may. I cannot promise, um, but we may have a special guest. So we have to be kind of fluid here because if this play, it's a, it's a football player, and if he is able to break free from meetings, he is going to join us. Um, I kind of told him any time in this 4.30 hour, if he could pop in, that would be fantastic. I'm not going to give it away quite yet um, because I don't want to, I don't want to be giving him a bad time if he doesn't make it but we will get him in at some point this season. Um, but Jake, Corvallis again today. Weather has been yep. fantastic. Um, let's just start with kind of breaking fall camp right now. Kind of what is your thought as the Beavers enter the third week? Have you seen a lot of improvement? You know, what what are the areas that you're really excited, you know, to see come first game on the third against San Jose? Yeah, you know, I'm just really excited to see how the passing game translates. You know, it's been pretty impressive in, uh, during practice so far. Um, during 7-on-7 seven seven today, the quarterbacks went 16 for 18, which haven't really seen that from Oregon State in a while. But I, at this point, I'm not sure if that's really due to Oregon State's quarterback play and receiver play being that much improved from a season ago or if the secondary – has taken that much of a step backwards from last year. So I'm really interested to see how the secondary does against really a good San Jose State passing attack and then how the Oregon State passing attack does against San Jose State, who their secondaries kind of got some question marks. So yeah, so, so, we'll, so we're finishing up fall camp. I think they're still a little bit kind of wrapping up fall camp mode. Um, but what we are, <coughs> excuse me, what we are seeing is the team starting to transition more to game prep mode where the first and second team guys are going to start getting more and more reps. You saw that today with quarterback. Yeah. Tell us what you saw. Yeah. Um, really throughout most of camp, it had been a DJ and go Branson split 50, 50, you know, both running with the first team, both running with the second team. Whereas today we kind of saw DJ get nearly every rep with the first team. And I think it's really just a matter of time. 
before he's officially announced the starter. My guess is it's going to be Monday of next week um, at Coach Smith's press conference. Um, so, yeah, it, it I'm kind of surprised we saw the um, the difference in reps this early. I kind of was assuming we wouldn't see that. But it, it's it's clear to where the coaches' minds are currently headed. Next Monday, it's going to be a big day. Big day for you because you'll be going to your first Coach Smith press conference. Big day for me because I'm moving my son into college. So any, any totally changing the subjects, but anybody out there who's taking your kids to college, please give me advice because I'm kind of in this strange space right now. So be thinking of me next Monday, but what have we learned? You, you know, you talked a little bit about, you know, it looks like DJ is the guy we've been talking about that now for, for some time um, defensively, you know, you, you talked about the secondary being a question, but I, I think the biggest takeaway I've seen is just how strong the front seven is on defense. What, you know, give me your, your kind of rundown on the front seven. Yeah, I mean, I think this front seven is legit. I think they're legitimately too deep at all seven spots. You know, they've got guys that will go and pressure the quarterback. Hopefully they can capitalize and get the quarterback down, which as evidenced by the USC game last year was an issue at times. But if if camp is any indication, this, this front seven really has a chance to be something special. And I'm excited to see – how well they perform the first couple games of the season. So tell me, I mean, give me, is it personnel? Is it scheme? Is it just the guys knowing kind of their spot? What is the change that you're seeing from, because this has kind of been maybe the biggest question mark with the defense for several years now. Yeah. I think it's a mixture of improved talent to go with experience. I mean, you've got guys playing their sixth year of division one football and John McCartan, Isaac Hodgins, Corey Stover's been at Oregon State a while. And then you've got talented younger guys, Takari Hickel, Thomas Collins, uh, Easton Mascarenas. I, I, I'm really excited to see how the younger guys and the older guys gel because th- the talent mixed together with the experience has a chance to really impress. So and, and you mentioned Thomas Collins, but another name that I heard yesterday at the scrimmage, media was closed out, but – yeah. We had we had some people that were there that were able to kind of give us some some heads up. But was Nico Taylor? What have you seen yeah. from that um, the JUCO transfer? I mean, Taylor's a guy that physically looks the part. He's 6'5", 242 pounds, I believe. He's long, lanky, and he was working with the fir- the first team today, um, which we hadn't seen all camp until today. And he impressed. He had a sack of uh, want to say it was. Branson don't remember and he had a few tackles for loss as well so this just proves that you know between Taylor Chatfield Stover McCartan Oluisio Matoshu there's guys that'll be able to get in the backfield and cause havoc yeah so you you mentioned a couple of those names Andrew Chatfield is one that I I think has kind of been overlooked um that I I am expecting big things quite frankly I think Chatfield's had the best camp out of all five of those guys I I I think he's out of those five I think he's the one that has a starting spot locked down. And then there's okay. three guys competing for the other spot. And then I know you've been super high to Kari Hickel. Where has he been running? Second team, third team? Predominantly the second team. Um, you know, he's been sprinkling in with the threes a lot as well. They've been kind of rotating guys, trying to see which guys gel the best. But pr- primarily he's been with the second team. Yeah, okay. And then – I have to ask because this is your big takeaway was how well Drew Chatfield has looked. But one guy that has just popped every single time I've been in Corvallis is true freshman Thomas Collins. Yeah. Give us give us a little rundown there on how he's doing. 
Collins is a stud. I mean, there hasn't been a practice where he's not making impact plays. He's just physically built. He is, he looks like a grown man and he's only 18. He's, he's going to be a guy from game one that is going to see, see time and he's going to bring an impact. He's going to find his way into the backfield. He's going to pressure the quarterback. And I think Oregon state found themselves a, a gem here. I mean, Collins was a kid from Sweden, but his offer list, Texas A&M, Oregon, Penn State, uh, big-time programs. He's This was a huge get, and he's he's going to be a star, I truly believe. Okay, you heard it here first. Now let's let's move back to the linebackers a little bit. Um, Easton Mascarenas has that, you know, number two or that inside linebacker spot mm-hmm. sealed up. Who Who's on the other side of him? Yeah, we still don't really know. Um, you know, last couple of practices, he's kind of been held out for precautionary reasons, you know, getting close. You don't want to – who's your bigger impact guys. Uh, I think it's down to John Miller and Calvin Hart. Um, Tongue's given a great effort, but I think they're trying to go with someone who's a little more experienced on the defensive side at the moment. And I could see this one going either way. I'm leaning towards my guess is John Miller starts the first game just because he's been in the system longer. He's got the coaching staff can maybe trust a little more, but Calvin Hart is going to play. He's had his moments, um, his camp. It'll be, I, I think this is a competition that's going to carry on, and they could rotate all year, to be honest. Okay. Do you see, do you see Micaiah getting playing time? Yeah. Yeah, Tongue will definitely – he'll definitely hit playing time. You know, he's a guy the coaching staff is going to trust to play on all four special teams as well, I would assume. Um, so, Tongue is going to play lots of football this year. Not sure how much on defense, but you will see him out there. Okay. Now, let's let's talk about the secondary because that, you know, kind of give a, a rundown there because, you know, you have Katana Ladapo back Alton Julian now has been clear to go um and we've been seeing him more and more in practice uh Jaden Robinson a a veteran there at corner Tyrese Ivy tell us what you're seeing there um you know from the 2D and who who you see being impact guys it it appears their starting five has seemed to be solidified it's kind of in the same five uh Tyrese Ivy and Drake Vickers Intermod Kikoi as well the true freshman are kind of battling for that second corner spot but Tyrese has seen a lot of work with the ones and he's kind of pulled away. So I think Tyrese Ivy and then Jaden Robinson are going to be locked in at the corner spots. Ryan Cooper's back. He'll play nickel while also playing cornerback during the four defensive back sets, if I had to guess, and they'll probably slide out Tyrese Ivy then. And then between Katano Adapu and Achille Arnold, I think they have two really good safeties. Um, Achille Arnold's someone who's been really impressive in the last three practices in particular. He had two interceptions on Wednesday. He had, three to four passes broken up today. Um, and he's a guy that's played a lot of ball. He just had guys in front of him with Jaden Grant, Katon, Alton Julian. And I think he's, I think he's going to have a solid year. Yeah. That's, I mean, there's, there's depth there. And you and I have seen at practice, I mean, the guys are making plays. So um, will it yeah. be maybe a little different than what we've seen? Um, I mean, there were some names there with, with Alex Austin and, and Jaden Grant, which were stalwarts back in that defensive backfield. So there will be yeah. some change, but um, do you, you feel good about where they're going? Yeah, I think I think the secondary, it's going to see some fall off, but not as much as, you know, you might think. Uh, a guy to keep an eye on, Jermaud Hikoy, true freshman from White House, Texas. He has been really impressive. He had a great pass, uh, pass broken up today. He's going to play, whether it be on special teams or at corner. So just get ready to lock in on that name, Jermaud McCoy. Jermaud McCoy, we did see him start too at the scrimmage a week the ago. First so, scrimmage, yep. Um, that that was that was big too. Okay, so we've talked defense now. Let's talk some offense. I know we've talked 
um, you know, quarterback some, it, you know, we, we've all kind of just assumed, I think since January, DJ Uangalele is the guy. Um, I love kind of the, the poise that he brings and uh, he's uh, I, I think it's going to bring some great things to the offense. Let's talk wide receivers, because if there's one position group in the lodge of Beaver Blitz that gets a lot of attention, it's the wide receivers. Everybody wants a six, five wide receiver. Oregon State doesn't have that. So talk these guys off the ledge. Yeah, you know, I think their first three guys are solid. They're uh, between Anthony Gould, Silas Bull, and Josiah Irish. Those three have established themselves as if it, if they're healthy throughout the season, those three are going to be their guys. And height is a little bit of an issue there. Josiah's the tallest out of 5'11". But their backups, who they're, they're going to rotate their backups a ton. There's going to be six to seven of those backups. I, I think Oregon State could play up to 10 receivers per game. Um, the bigger bodies there – Jimmy Valson's had a really nice camp. He's impressed. Um, after being kind of a question mark, hadn't really seen him healthy. But now that he appears to be fully healthy, he's a big body. He's got pretty good hands. Jeremiah Noga, I think, has the best hands on on the team. He's another bigger bodied guy. Um, Jemai East, he's the, the junior college guy. He's, he's starting to come on. He started off kind of slow. You know, he had trouble hanging on to the ball, but – Drops haven't been an issue the last couple of practices. And I think he's a guy that as the season ascends, you're going to start seeing going up from like a wide receiver six or seven role to maybe three or four. Okay. And then a name that we keep seeing, and we haven't heard it for a while, but Trent Walker, walk on. Yeah. Trent Walker. Yeah. He's going to play. He is going to see time and he's been really impressive. If Jeremiah Noga doesn't have the best hands on the team, Trent Walker's, probably the guy you know he's a guy I know people kind of compare him to my cast you know they're both 28 they're both from the Beaverton area um, but Walker's just a guy that he's just a good football player you know he's always seems to be open he, he and this is going up against guys like um, Jaden Robinson and Tyrese Ivy and Alton Julian he can get he can get open and catch the ball so I'm excited to see how Trent does this year. You know, I also think we're going to see Oregon State utilize the tight ends. And this is, you know, yeah. we've had a discussion in the lodge about, I think everybody wants to see that tight end that's able to, you know, run a slant, um, hit the open flat in the, in the center of the field and be able to take a hit. Um, I think we see the tight ends take that role. Um, yeah. A question from Connor Johnson asked about Valadez, Joel Valadez uh, transfer from Linfield. He is out, um, I believe with an ACL. So yeah, out for um, the year. he's out for the year. So um, that was unfortunate, but um, hopefully he can heal and, and be back in the mix. But um, that is, is and, you know, running back, I don't think there's much to say. Um, still pretty strong. I mean, you have. Um, yeah, I, I think Damian. you have three solid guys. Um, Got to stay healthy. Yeah, health is an issue, but Jake Reichel and Gavin Haynes have both, at least in practice, they don't really have the game experience, but they've showed in practice that they're um, they're good they're good solid backs and reports from yesterday's scrimmage said that Jake Reichel looked good. So, okay. Okay. And then the, in my opinion, the strength of this offense, and as we go down and talk about a lot of the teams that Oregon State is going to be playing, you're going to see, this is a question mark for a lot of teams, but this is such a huge piece is Oregon State's offensive line. I know they've been sitting some guys out on that first team um, just to keep them as healthy as possible. What are you seeing from the guys that have been running with the ones, but maybe more of a second, second team guys. Yeah, um, I feel like their first group's pretty established. You know, they've been having guys kind of take off days. Jake Levin good didn't go today, but 
like they're both, they're all completely healthy. Uh, Tolly had a day off. Gray had a couple days off. Uh, Bloomfield as well. But I, I think Tanner Miller has also established himself as that starting guard, um, which Beat out was Grant a big Stark. question. Yeah, I, I, I just haven't seen enough of Stark with the with the, the first team. Um, and Tanner has run with them consistently. And at this point, I feel like they may both play in the game, but I feel like Tanner's going to start. Um, beyond that, the second team offense, or offensive line is a younger group. You know, they got guys like Jacob Strand at tackle, the coaching staff really likes, Huka Vincic, Dylan Lopez. They're both guys who are cross-training at guard and center. They're both going to be on that 2D. Um, Tyler Morano as well, and then Grant Stark. I feel like with those 10 guys, Oregon State's solid. Um, beyond that, kind of a question mark, just because we haven't really seen a lot of them play. A lot of them are younger freshmen, redshirt freshmen, inexperienced guys. So you're feeling good. I mean, do you feel that's the strength mm-hmm. of this offense? I do. I feel like the run game with a running back combined with our offensive line is going to be the strength. I feel like it's going to open up so much with the play action game. And if DJ can hit the balls downfield, this offense is going to be scary. So if you had one looming question on the offense, what would it be? My biggest question would be consistency from the quarterback spot. Um, with DJ, he's had his ups and downs. If he has his ups, he's the, I mean, the scrimmage last Saturday, he's 10 for 16 with three touchdowns. Now we haven't really seen his downs, like his sophomore year at Clemson, but as evidenced by a sophomore at Clemson, he's had them. And if the, we do have those downs, then who knows what the ceiling of his team is. But we do know if DJ plays to the level he can play, then the ceiling of his team is, I mean, the sky's the limit. So. Okay. Um, looming question for the defense. Yeah. For, here, for this, it's just how well will the secondary play? You know, they've had their issues against – the Oregon State passing game in spring and, or excuse, excuse me, in the fall. And whether that's the Oregon State passing game being so much better or a weakened secondary, we don't really know yet because we haven't played a team. Um, but to me, I'm kind of leaning towards a secondary taking a step back. So that'll be, that's my big thing to keep an eye on for this in the, the San Jose State game in particular. Yeah. And that's going to be a big one. That's a great segue into now let's start talking about game by game, you know, what we're going to see. Um, I, I've seen some questions too, before I get going about um, the whole PAC 12 realignment, we have nothing new to report. So we are just going to not talk about it because there's no need to keep beating that horse. So as soon as we do have something to talk about, we will do an emergency pod promise. Um, but as of right now, we're going to keep it um, fall camp wrap and uh, season preview. And like I said, hopefully get a special guest. He's not here yet. So, um, but he is a current football player and they may have meetings today. So he was trying to, to get that lined up. Okay. So San Jose state, this is going to be a, a true test versus a road game. Um, be play on a Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Um, so that's going to be an important, you know, kind of, they're going to have a little bit different schedule heading into next week. So kind of quick overview here. We got San Jose state coached by coach Brennan. Brent Brennan was the wide receiver coach at Oregon State for several years um, under Riley and um, Anderson and Smith for a year. Um, the strength of that team, you know, we, we've talked to uh, their publisher, their 24-7 site. Um, the strength is their quarterback, a transfer from Hawaii. Um, is it Shaven? 
Cordero? I think it's Chevin Cordero. That's okay. That's the way yeah. I've, I've always, but I, I have no clue to be honest. Okay, it's a good Portuguese name. So um, yeah. there you go. Um, but that is their strength. The, the kid came from Hawaii, transferred from Hawaii. Their strength, their their weakness is their trenches, though. So you know you're going to, I think, see a lot of really quick releases from them, a lot of passing downfield. How do you like this this game and this matchup? Yeah, I I, I think it's a solid. For, First matchup. I mean, the San Jose State offense, they like to throw the ball. So it'll be a good test for a more inexperienced secondary. Uh, with Chevin, Chevin Cordero is a solid quarterback. Um, we saw him play uh, against Oregon State in 2021. He had a few touchdown passes that game. Um, their receiving core took a little bit of a hit. They lost their best receiver in Elijah Cooks. He's with the um, Jacksonville Jaguars, I believe, now. Um, the running game is also kind of a it's the running game's going to be a strength. So, so this this team will score some points. I'm not expecting it to be a like 45 to seven game. I'm expecting it to be more of a 45 to 21, 45 to 28. This team will they'll put up some points. Um, defensively, their defensive line's weak. Cade Hall graduated. He was first team all conference guy, and then Philemy Fajico. He's a fourth round draft pick of the Cowboys. So there's two all conference defensive linemen gone and. For an Oregon State team with an offensive line as strong and a, a running game as strong, I think Dane Fenwick and Isaiah, they're going to feast. Okay. Well, and then um, Clint Moses in the chat here says San Jose State will also be beat down after playing USC. So they play USC this weekend yeah. and be watching five that game. 5 o'clock on Pac-12 Network. If, yeah. Yes, 5 o'clock Pac-12 Network. So that will be it's a definitely one to watch, not only for the USC. It's also a good point for me to bring up. If you guys are members of Beaver Blitz, we actually have a – College football pick them, an official Beaver Blitz um, pick em game that I'm doing through a third party. It makes it super easy and fun. If you haven't signed up, the link is in the lodge. Um, so get signed up on that um, or shoot me a DM on Twitter if you'd like more info. But that will be a fun one. And get in now because it's uh, we have a great prize already. Um, one of our members has donated a Katan Oladapo jersey. So um, that will be one of the prizes. And I'm working on a few other things. So definitely be a fun one there um okay so should do you want to do your picks game by game or do you want to wait to do our picks till after we're done yeah i can read my picks okay let's just hear your pick yeah i have i have i had oregon state winning i believe 45 to 24 yeah you took it a step further because i didn't i'm i'm just doing the w i'm checking right now i had it yep 45 24 that was my score there you go. Okay, so okay, tell me this. So the next game, Oregon State comes home and they play UC Davis, coached by former Boise State coach Dan Hawkins. So that'll be yeah. interesting. I mean, longtime coach, a really good coach. Um, strength of that team is the quarterback. The weakness is the running game. So in maybe another test. Um, this is an FCS school. Maybe another test for the secondary. Um, but what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, um, this team, you know. It's always harder to kind of learn about the uh, the FCS schools preseason just because there isn't really the same kind of coverage. But their quarterbacks, he's a legit a legit quarterback. His name's um Miles Hastings, I believe. He was first team All Big Sky. He he was preseason first team All Big Sky as well. So he they're gonna come out and throw the ball, and it'll be another good test for a secondary, especially hopefully if the game's a blowout in the second half, we'll get to see our younger guys. You know the Joe Swens, Noble Thomases, those guys really get their first live action. Do we um, see any, any Aiden Childs and Zach Card? 
Yeah, I think you're going to see I, – I think that second half, it, if the game goes the way many are expecting it to go, it's going to be one the Beaver fans are going to want to stick around to, and watch that second half because you're going to see the future. And if practice is any indication, the future is going to be pretty bright. <laughs> yeah, Jake and I actually, before we came on air, we were talking because the very first play we saw spring camp was an Aiden Childs 50-yard post route to Zach Card perfectly placed in stride. And then yesterday, the highlight of the scrimmage we were told was a Aiden House and Zach card. Um, those two are going to be special, but mm-hmm. that that's for another day. Okay. What did you pick for a win on this game? I'm, I'm yeah, guessing it's I had, a yes, I had a 52 to seven Oregon state win. Okay. So kind of similar to uh, last season when we, when Oregon state played, was yeah. it, who did we play last season? Montana? Montana State. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm expecting the backups to get a lot of time. Okay. The younger guys, the freshmen, you know, the Kelsey Howards. First game in the new research, too. So that yeah. will be fun Students to watch. Students are going to be excited for that one. Yeah. Um, and, and we saw that last last week. I guess we didn't really – we haven't done a pod since then. And then the fans got to see it this weekend. So mm-hmm. fun time. We can maybe talk about that at the end if we have time. Um, then San Diego State comes to town. Coached by Brady Hoke, former assistant at Oregon State. Um, There was rumors that he was going to be one of the coaches before Smith was hired. He was one that was looking at it. Their strength is the secondary, and their weakness is wide receivers. Is this a game then that, you know, maybe Oregon State's passing game can pick up a little bit? Yeah, I think this is when you're going to see Oregon State really push the ball downfield um, or attempt to, you know, the secondary is strong, and it'll be a good test, you know. With the, this is a should be a win, you know. San Diego State's a good program, but offensively they don't have the firepower to keep up. Um, I, I I'm hoping the coaching staff kind of lets DJ let loose because this will be the best secondary Oregon State they'll have played um, at that point in the season. I get, granted it is early on, but I'm I think it'll be. I have it down as like a 38 to seven win. I, I just don't see the San Diego state offense being explosive explosive enough. You know, they don't have those Donnell Pumphrey type running backs that they had in the, in the 2010s. And they lost two receivers to the NFL. Their passing games, a question mark, the offensive line strong. Um, but I just don't see them scoring enough points to keep up with Oregon state. Okay. Fair I, enough. It um, was a 34 to 10. 34 to 10. Okay. I I have it as a win as well. Um, Okay. So then we, Oregon State will start conference play. Hit the road after two home games. They are on the road to the Palouse to play face Jake Dickert and the Washington State Cougars. Now, this one, I've heard some people say they're a little concerned about this game. You have two teams that are kind of fighting for their life right now with the Power Five. Um, I think very similar situations. Um, Their strength, according to a coop fan is that they're passing attack and that their weakness is their offensive line. Um, so you're going to see a lot of quick downfield run and shoot. Yeah. Um, what, is, what is your take? I, like I said, I, I've heard people think that this might be a game that the Beaver stumble first road game. Um, I'm just, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about this game. Yeah. I mean, this is their biggest trap game. I have circled on, on their schedule. Um, Washington State, they're a good football team. They're going to turn some heads um, this year. Um, Cam Ward is a great quarterback. He he blew up the FCS level. He had not a disappointing debut year, but 
maybe not what national heads were expecting. Um, but I, I think this year they're going to, he's going to have a better year kind of adjusted to the division one tempo. He's going to, his, his receiving core is solid, you know, um, Dejon Stribling, uh, he's a good receiver, but their offensive line is, is a question mark. You know, um, they have three returning starters, but their offensive line last year allowed, I want to say 40 something sacks. So this is a game where hopefully the, that Oregon state front seven can make the impact. So Whereas, if Oregon State's front seven can make some noise, does the, I mean, otherwise this is going to be a major test. Gonna, with that secondary. Yeah. Cause Washington state second, I mean, their passing game the last decade, they've given us fits and yeah. with the younger set until last year where that secondary was established and as good as it was. So with the secondary being more of a question mark, we could see the like Jaden Halora, the, 400 yard passing games. Um, but with the front seven potentially playing to the level they've played in camp, that could allow Cam, Cam Ward to, you know, make some mistakes, which hopefully the Oregon State secondary can capitalize on. Okay. So do you see this as a trap game or do you have it as a win? I have Oregon State squeaking about 28 24. 28 24. Okay. I have this as a win too, Close but game. I know others in on Blitz that we will release uh, late this week, early next week aren't quite as optimistic on this one. Um, then the Beavers come home, and this might be one of the biggest games of the season. Students will be back in session. Yeah. Um, Friday night game, FS1, national TV against Utah. Um, this is going to be another strong Ute team. Question marks, I think, are surrounding quarterback right now. Yeah. Um, the, the strength, obviously, is the defense. Um, their, their insider said that their weakness is their tough schedule. That's I think that's a little that's kind of a cop out because everybody in the Pac-12 pretty much has a tough schedule, but defense is always tough for a Whittingham coach team. What are your thoughts on this one? Except that Reese is going to be rowdy. Yeah, well, for this one, I put down tough schedule just because I couldn't find a weakness, and that was when Cam Rising was uh, was supposed to be back, and now there's a question mark. So now, obviously, quarterback is huge because their backup. Brandon Rose is out for a substantial amount of time. So you could very well see them walk in Teresa with, with Bryson Barnes, who is a former walk, or I believe he is still a, a walk on at the quarterback spot, um, which could be a huge advantage. You know, Cam rising, he may not be the, the best quarterback, the most athletic, but he's just a guy that wins. He's kind of reminds me of Kellen Moore in that sense. He's just a guy that goes out and wins football games. Um, this, their defense, though, was legit. Uh, Lander Barton, you know, they lost Clark Phillips, but the secondary still behind Cole Bishop is going to be one of the best in the country. Um, defensive line, Junior Tafuna's pushing the way. This It's going to be tough for Oregon State, and it's really their first, at least offensively, it's going to be their first big test, you know, and maybe tougher for Oregon State to run the football. Um, and it'll be with DJ going up against this good of a secondary. It'll be – It'll be interesting to see how it translates. And I think the atmosphere is going to be probably the best we've seen at Research Stadium in a long time. You know, the students are already they're getting ready. They can't wait. Um, yeah, super excited. It, it should be a fun one. Um, that one's been circled on my calendar for a while. Um, yeah. Do you have that as a win or a loss? I have that chalked up as a 31-28 win. Okay, a so close one. Another State. close one. If I, if the quarterback play from Utah is where it 
could be with Bryson Barnes. I think Oregon State wins that more convincingly. And okay. then if, if Rising's back at full health, there's a very good chance Utah comes to Corvallis and sneaks out a win. But okay. there's really no way of knowing until that whole. Yeah, the whole quarterback. That's a yeah. big one. And But I do like the fact that it's early in the season and uh, first Pac-12 uh, home game. And like I said, the Friday night yeah. in Corvallis with students back, it's going to be going to be fun it's going to be a okay okay so then um beef's at the road for cal first week in october um justin wilcox been there for a few years i think he hired the year before smith Mm -hmm. he's so 2017 or maybe two years this is his seventh or eighth year at cal okay okay so their strength is really jackson sermon at linebacker and jade not at running back uh the weakness is familiar thing here offensive line so how do you see this one? Yeah, you know, Cal Cal has struggled a lot lately, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to do much of anything. What Where do you see this one kind of going? Yeah, Cal, they're they're really offensively kind of an unknown. Um, you know, Jay Knott ha- has established himself as one of the better running backs in the Pac-12, and it's kind of crazy to think that Oregon State almost had him and Damian. I know, right? Isn't that crazy? Field. That would have been – that was the two best freshmen in the Pac-12 last year. Um Offensively, outside of the running back position, whole lot of question marks. Their quarterback spot, they've got three guys that haven't played a ton of football with um, Sam Jackson, Fernando Mendoza, and Ben Finley. Um, really, Jackson appears to be the favorite to start, but he's hasn't thrown more than 10 passes. Um, transferred from TCU. Offensive line, they lost a lot. Um, receivers, they lost their top uh, – two of their top three of the transfer portal. The Their defense is led by Jackson, Jackson Sermon, who's the son of their defensive coordinator, Peter Sermon. And he's he, pound for pound, might be the best linebacker in the Pac-12. He is, he is if, if you haven't watched his tape, I would highly recommend it. He plays linebacker. It's very evident he's a coach's son. He's a great linebacker. Um, I just don't see Cal's offense being good enough to – hang with Oregon State at all. Uh, I just am chalked up as a 45 to 14 Oregon State win. Okay. So um, you have no losses, right? Six and oh. Six and oh. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break here in a minute. Just want to first give a shout out to beaverblitz.com powered by the 24 seven network. If you're not a member of Beaver Blitz, now is the time to join. Uh, We are offering a 30% off annual subscription. We'll be, the spot to get all the information from practice as each week, as the team leads up to their games, all the posts or all the post-practice interviews, uh, insight and discussion in the lodge. You won't find a better place uh, for all your Beaver information. So make sure you are there. Um, and if you're not, like I said, now's a, a great time to join. Uh, don't wait until the end of the season because you're going to miss out on a ton of great info. Beaverblitz.com. It's where you want to go. We've been around since 2002, so we're not going anywhere. Um, also, just to um, give you a quick heads up too, I'm going to pop the um, our Pick'em link into the chat so you can join us on our official Beaverblitz uh, college football Pick'em. So it's super easy. You'll be able to do it on your phone or on your computer. It's um, a super, uh, it'll be, it should be super fun. That's, that's my plan anyway. That's, that's the hope. Um, we're going to take a quick break for the podcast listeners and we'll be back in just a minute. All 
Okay, welcome back. Um, if you're joining us on the podcast network, if you are listening to us live, we weren't gone for long, but with, you need to go back through the second half of the schedule. So Jake right now has the beef sitting at six and zero at the halfway mark. I have the beef sitting at six and zero at the halfway mark. Okay, what's what's happening right now, Jake? Are we like, are we seeing the beefs in the top ten yet? Yeah, I feel like with six and zero and went over Utah. A, if they're fully healthy and came into that game four now, I think you're seeing Oregon State kind of sit sitting at the seven, eight, nine. That's six okay. now. Should be highest ranking since 2012. Okay. Well, now the second half of the season starts, and so now now is one of those big times where you really, as a coach, you have to get these guys completely mentally. If you haven't already, getting them mentally bought in. So, Beavs return home and have UCLA at home. Uh, Chip Kelly comes to town brings his uh, offense, which is really the strength of this team, the offensive scheme. Weakness is defense. So how do you see this one kind of shaken out? Yeah, I really don't know what to think of UCLA at this point. Their quarterback um, their quarterback is really the biggest question on that roster. You know, they got um, Dante Moore, flipped him late from U of O, and he's going to – he's uh, supposedly uh, is in the running with Ethan Garbers, the Washington transfer. Um but skill player wise, they're they're pretty loaded. Carson Steele, he was an All American back at Ball State, transferred to UCLA. J. Michael Sturdivant transferred from Cal. Um, they've got guys. Um, offensive lines looks appears to be solid. Uh, they did go out and hire a new defensive coordinator, um, DeAnton Lynn. He's the son of former Chargers coach Anthony Lynn, and their defense. They've got guys on the edges, especially with their secondary and line and their linebacker outside of Darius Mouso. Uh, I think that's how you say it. it. It's a question mark. And I see Oregon State being able to throw the ball well, uh, assuming that the offensive line can give them time because the UCLA pass rushers are dynamic between Grayson, Gabriel, the Murphy twins, and Leto Lato, who is a first-team All-American. Um, and I see a comment from Jordan Johnson. Beeves going 6-0. and I predict college game day will be in Corvallis. Uh, yeah. I, I think if Oregon State is Hicks and O, game day will make their way to this game. You think it? Okay. See, I'm thinking maybe Husky game, but this the, I hope be a it's big one, one of these. It's been a lifelong dream of mine. Would love to see that. Okay. Okay. So does does Oregon State escape that game seven and O? I have Oregon State winning thirty eight to twenty four. Okay. Oh, Just so too much two uncertainty at the quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Too much so then, there. haven't seen or, enough. Oregon State actually gets to have a bye um, there in that, you know, third week of October before hitting the road to Arizona. Now, this one to me, this is my trap game. Arizona on the road in Tucson. This is my uh, my kind of could be a, an eye-opener. Jed Fish, coach, their strength is their skill position players. Weakness is defense. So, potentially, would this be a game that you could see DJ and yeah. uh, Damian Having, having a good day, or uh, do you think this could be a tough one? I think this is going to be a shootout. Um, Arizona's offensive skill guys, they've got juice. Uh, Jay Delore has proved to be a, an Oregon State killer in the past. Um, Jacob Cowan and Teotora McMillan, they're two of the top receivers in the country. Um, Thomas McLaughlin at tight – or Tanner Thomas, don't remember, uh, at tight end, solid tight end. Their they're run game strong. This defense is full of hole, full of holes. They lost um, their two best defenders transferred to Southern California. 
Um, they brought in Justin Flo from Oregon, but haven't really seen a whole lot of him. Their secondary's got question marks all throughout. I think or I think Oregon. I just don't think uh, Arizona's defense is talented enough to stop Oregon State. Okay, so you think they come out of this eight now? I, I I believe I had it as a 41-31 win. I think okay. both teams are going to score a lot of points. I'm excited for this one. I'm going to be heading down to this one. Um, so definitely have someone covering this one, and, and we'll get Jake on the road too this this season. Um, but this is this is going to be a, a one that I'm I'm going to watch closely. And I know um, Connor Johnson says this next game is his biggest trap game. Uh, Colorado on the road, so two back to back or a back to back road games for Oregon State. Coach Deion Sanders' first season in Boulder. The strength is their upgraded talent. Weakness is the offensive and defensive lines. What are you thinking about the game in Boulder? Yeah, I'm not buying all the Coach Prime hype. Um, I think he's a good coach, but for people to come out here and say you're going to go eight and four, nine and three, ten and two in year one is just stupid. Like I'm seeing national reporters put Colorado in the top twenty-five, and I'm just thinking, how did? There's yeah. no way this team, talent-wise, they're better than a year ago. They brought in guys, Travis Hunter, Kumani McLean, uh, Shadur Sanders. But it's just they have guys at skill spots, but their line play is going to be, I think, their line play defensively is going to be reminiscent of the Gary Anderson era at Oregon State. Just Damian and Deshaun, they'll rip through the defensive line. Um, I, I, I personally don't see this Colorado team winning more than three games. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just not buying it at all. Yeah, I, this one's an interesting one. I mean, I, I agree. I think Coach Prime is a, or Coach Dion is a, is a good coach. Um, I don't know how long he lasts in Colorado because it just doesn't seem like a fit to me. Cultural, yeah. Um, but you can't win championships if you have a sucky offensive and defensive line. Sorry. That's, I mean, so you could have all the best skill positions in the world, but if nobody's blocking for them, it's not going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Connor Johnson says they have dudes on the D line for real. Well, I saw a practice and I saw a guy that looked like a high school kid. Um, so I, don't, I just don't know how deep they are. They, they might probably have a couple guys, but I just don't think, um, yeah, I don't. Now, the, now the altitude is no joke there. So Oregon State's got to be ready. Um, yeah, I don't see this being a trap game at all. I, I see Arizona being a trap game. Um, there's a couple others on the schedule I see being a little more. Um, this is not one of them. Um, so W, Jake? I, I've got this chopped up at 48 to 17, Oregon State. Ooh, we're not even close on yeah. this one. I, I think this game is going to be a blowout. I think you'll see a ton of uh, Goldbranson and Childs in this game. Okay, look at that. That could be fun. Um, if, you, if you're there, though, make sure to go to Boulder. It's a great, great time to go. Lots of Beaver fans there to tailgate with. Um, it, is a, it is a good one. Um, so, yeah, uh, O-line could be question mark for them. So hopefully the front seven has some fun. Okay, so you have the Beavers right now, 9 and 0. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Beavers come home, and they get – Connor says that Colorado is <laughs> going to start three and zero. That's fine. I'll, I don't I'll see them beating TCU or Nebraska. Colorado can go ahead and start three and zero, but Oregon yeah. State at nine and zero, I'll take that any day of the. Um, okay, so now they return home and they have Stanford. Coach Troy Taylor came from Sac State. He brought with him former Beaver running back Malcolm Welcome. Agnew um, as the running back coach. Young coaching staff, very energetic, trying to 
infuse some life to Stanford. Strength is their edge rushers. Weakness is quarterback. How bad is this game going to be? Yeah, Stanford's got a whole lot of question marks. Um, really, uh, the quarterbacks obviously stands out. Um, early reports have been Justin Lamson transfers from, from Syracuse. He's kind of been leading the way, but there's been a handful of guys. Um, they've narrowed it down to three. Um, skill player-wise, uh, they have a freshman receiver, uh, Bear Bachmeyer. No, sorry, Tiger. Here's the other brother, Tiger Bachmeyer, who is the younger brother of Hank Bachmeyer, and he's going to start as a freshman. It's a name to know. Um, they had a bear, though, too, right? Bear's the – one in high school still. He's okay, a okay. 25 quarterback. Oregon State's offered him. Um, okay. There's Hank, Tiger, and Bear. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> three interesting names. But um, their 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 defense is kind of an issue. That they've got guys like David Barry, David Bailey, Tavera Tafiti uh, at the edge, out defensive end, outside backer spots, and they're 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 solid players. But beyond that, the secondary in, in particular. A lot of young guys, a lot of unknowns. They lost guys to the NFL. Um, I see Oregon State being able to score the ball at ease, and I, I, I just I feel like Stanford's gonna have a hard time throwing the ball on Oregon State. Okay, so ten and zero. Yeah, at forty-two to ten, Oregon State. Went. Okay, and and I'm right there with you. I, <laughs> yeah, I have the team at ten and zero right now, heading into a brutal two-game stretch. Um, the next game is Washington coming to town. The Huskies come to town with Kayla, coach Kayla DeBoer. Strength of this team, according to Kim Grinolds and um, their team at Dogman, is the offense. I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And their weakness yeah. is special teams. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I have this one chalked up as Oregon State's first loss. I've been dropping a 28-27 heartbreaker. Um, ruins the undefeated season, but... This is a game I could very well see Oregon State pulling out. Um, I, at this point, I haven't seen enough from Oregon State's secondary to lead me to believe that they'll be able to slow down um, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk, Roma Dunze. And Michael Penix is a great quarterback. He's um, he's proved, He proved it last year through for 30-something touchdowns. The running game for them I think is going to be better. Offensive line – they lost guys like Jackson Kirkland, but I think they'll still be strong as a whole. Their defense with Braylon Trice, uh, Zion Tupelo-Fati, I think that's how you say it. Um, their their defensive line in particular is going to be strong, I think. Their linebacker core will be good. Secondary will be good. Their kicking game is a big question mark. Uh, they lost Peyton Henry, who was there for as long as I can remember. Um, I think the guy they have – to replace him is named Grady Gross. Um, really won't know much about that until the season goes. But, again, I just think their passing game is going to be too explosive. I, I have this one as a loss as well. Um, I, I do just think that I think that at some level, Oregon State has to have a letdown game. I, I don't think anybody in the Pac-12 this year goes undefeated. So um, I think there will be a loss in there. Um, I just think Washington is too, too good, even though this game is at home. Now, I think I would have picked it as a – for sure, loss if it was on the mm -hmm. road. This was this was tough between this one, Utah. I think I kind of and then Arizona. Those were kind of my three that I kind of wavered on. But that was my loss. So we're sitting at ten and one. Both of, you and I both have them at ten and one now. Mm -hmm. Before we head to Autzen, Friday after Thanksgiving, yeah. 
Dan Lanning coaching his second year with the Ducks. Strength is their skill position. Their weakness, dun da da da, offensive line. Yeah. Okay. How does this you know, one go? This may be kind of a homer pick here, but I have the Beavers pulling one out, thirty-four to twenty-eight. Um, I think this Oregon team is going to be worse than they were last year. Uh, I really skill-wise with uh, Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, Troy Franklin, they've got some dudes. Um, went hard in the transfer portal, transfer portal, picked up Trajan Holden, Tez Johnson, good, talented wideouts. But their offensive line, to me, they lost uh, all starters except one, Stephen Jones, or excuse me, Marcus Harper. So he's the only starter back. Uh, lost Alex Forsyth, uh, TJ Bass, um, the lineman that got picked up by the Ravens. I'm not even going to try and say his name. Um, they went hard, hit the transfer portal, picked up kid from Texas, Rhode Island. But I just, I just, I, I can't see this team being better. Their defense, I think, is going to be worse. They lost Noah Sewell. Their linebacking core is kind of a question mark. Secondary, again, transfer portal. I just think all these guys are unproven. They haven't really played together, which I think is going to hurt them at the end of the day. And I think Oregon's for Oregon State, emotions are going to be high. You know, this very well could be the last Civil War we ever see, which is crazy to think. Um, and I see – I see guys like Damian, Damian, Josh Gray, Katon just playing their hearts out, and I see Oregon State pulling one out here. Yeah, this um, – see, and I – their offensive line is a question mark. Like I said, they have a lot of skill position player talent, but I also don't know about their defense. I mean – Yeah, outside I'm sorry. of Brandon Dorless. Yeah, I mean, seriously, they couldn't stop the run when they knew it was coming last year. I, I rewatched yeah. that game again just the other night, and it, it still is and baffling to me. And they now, lost two NFL defensive linemen. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they picked know. any big name up. No, a lot of the you know we're talking late November now. Oregon State needs to stay healthy. There's a lot going on here. Yeah, but I have this as a win because I do. I think this is going to be a chippy game. I think this. Yeah, think it's going to be might physical. See some you know, kind of anger's flare. Um, it's it's gonna, like I said, it's gonna be one for the ages. I have a feeling. Yeah, and, it's gonna uh, be a good I think, game. I think the uh, Oregon State Beavers are going to be the emotional team, the most emotional team. There. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you're at this game, you're going to get your money's worth one way or another. It'll be, it's the Beavers aren't going to go down without giving them their peace of mind, which I mean, I'm not going to give my thoughts on the situation, but. <laughs> okay. So you and I both have this team 11 and one mm-hmm. playing in the pack, playing USC. Is that who you have? I have them playing USC in the, in the pack. I have Oregon state playing. USC, then uh, I have. I just think SC is going to be too talented um, at this point. I haven't, I haven't, again, I haven't seen enough from the Oregon State secondary to stop this SC defense. But I have Oregon State going 11 and 2 and making a New, a New Year's Six Bowl against Clemson, ironically enough. Oh, wouldn't that um, be fun for DJ? In which DJ leads Oregon State to a win over Clemson. So 12 and 2 is my prediction at the moment. Okay. That would be fun. Um, Nick Volker has a has a comment here about about Dan Lanning. Um, <laughs> he he says that's a weakness column. I actually am not going to disagree with you on that because you know I just haven't seen enough of him as a head coach making good decisions um, for that to to not be true. That when when I was going game by game, I, I was you know it's like okay well Utah UCLA Washington at home that's that's positive. Oregon on the road. Oregon has a ton of talent, but like Jake said, they haven't played together. So you wonder how all those, 
egos are going to mesh. Coaching and a lot of these kids are highly touted kids that yeah, a lot of yeah. times those kids come with the bigger egos and sometimes yeah. Oh, there's a lot of ego. I mean, they're, they're getting them from transfer portals and, yeah. and there's a lot on the line there. Um, a lot of money being, you know, thrown around down there in Eugene um, and expectations are high. I, I just think, you know, like I said, I, Dan Lanning is one year removed from a D coordinator. So um, it's a different ball game when you're coaching head coach. So like I said, I, I'm not nothing against them. It's just, there's a, there's a question mark. And I had the same question mark about Jonathan Smith for a couple of years. So um, until you see more. Um, then yeah. And another big note is if you look at that Dan Lanning defense at Georgia, all 11 of those guys are in the NFL. So yeah. maybe yeah. it was more of a talent. I mean, I mean, you've got guys that were backups on that team even in the NFL now. Like Jalen Carter started a game, and now he was a, turned into a top ten draft pick. So talent could have outweighed coaching there. Yeah, and I, I think it was still there was some good coaching going on, but yeah, there's a I lot there's a lot of variables there that I think are still kind of up in the air. Um, okay, so Clemson in the New Year Six bowl game. That would I, I think if you ask anybody in the in Beaver world, they would be happy with that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we actually don't have a ton of time. So we're going to scrap the guest, the beaver. I'm going to jump over here. I guess our special guest had meetings. So we're going to try to get him on. I already have someone lined up for the 4th of September. Um, so we have a player lined up for that day. So we're going to work on getting this one another day. It, it is tough right now for these guys because, oh, my light just died. Um, it is tough for these guys because it is in season or um, not in season. So they have a lot more meetings going on right now in film study. Okay. So um, let's, there's a lot of comments here. So let's kind of see if we can, let's see how much OBG says, how much should we expect the passing game to improve this year? Who and why will it be better? Is it all on DJ or do you think the receivers make a difference too? I think the receivers have some studs. I mean, obviously having a quarterback of, DJ's caliber is Oregon State hasn't seen a five-star quarterback since Derek Anderson. Um, that was 20 years ago. But receiver-wise, with Silas Bolden and Anthony Gould, those two are going to pop this year. I think they're both going to reach 600, 700 yards easily. Um, their speed combined with DJ's deep ball is going to be something to watch. Um, and then even, even beyond that, Josiah Irish has had a really good camp. Jimmy Valson's a younger guy, Jeremiah Noga, Jeremiah East, Trent Walker. They've got Zach Card even. I think he's definitely going to see time as well. They've got guys. Uh, I, th I think it's a more deep room th than last year, which is kind of weird to think. with Because, like, on paper, at least last year's team at receiver looked so much better. But I think this year's group is going to be better. Okay. Beavs Fanatic123 asks, who's a player that hasn't had much live game rep thus far and their collegiate career, but you expect to contribute in a big way. Yeah, I mean, a couple guys, offensive side of the ball, Jimmy Valson comes to mind, hasn't seen a ton of action. Um, defense side of the ball, Takari Hickel, Thomas Collins, um, Tyrese Ivey, more of the newcomers or the redshirt freshman guys that I think will see time. I think Cord Shaw, if he's healthy, could okay. make an impact as well on both sides of the ball. Um, he could kind of play – take over the Jack Coletto type role as uh, special teams, linebacker, running back, fullback. So those guys are younger guys to keep an eye on. Okay. Shaka from 503 says, I have a few. 
One, are the running backs better at catching passes this year? And which one is the best receiving back? Yeah, I mean, we've seen them try and implement receivers catching the ball more. Um, I know the running backs. Year, or yeah, excuse me, the running backs. Uh, Trey Lowe, last year, he was going to be a big part of that. He had four catches in the first game. Uh, then he went down, but Fenwick Low, or excuse me, Fenwick, Jam, and Dame combined for, I want to say, like 12 catches last year. So not a whole ton of receiving production. Uh, but they've definitely tried to implement that more. Um, Isaiah Newell in particular has, has, has been a guy that he's been catching the ball out of the backfield. And then last Saturday, Damian caught a pass out of the backfield and scored a touchdown on it. So uh, I, I do think screen game-wise, that's going to be something to keep an eye on towards the start of the season. Um. We already talked a little bit a little bit about Jemai East. Which receiver tight ends have the best catching ability? Uh, in terms of catch radius, Jermaine Terry's a guy. He's a bigger body. He's long. He can go up and get balls low, high. He'll go and he'll go and catch the ball. Jeremiah Noga, Trent Walker have the best hands on the team. Um, then Silas always seems to come up with these acrobatic catches. You know. Uh, I think he had three of the best catches all year last year with the, the Florida catch. The Stanford touchdown catch was incredible. And then the Arizona State catch with one hand was the best catch I'd seen an Oregon State player make, but he couldn't keep his feet in bounds. Yeah, that was – I think we see big things from him. Yeah. yeah. And and that and the one in the bowl game too was, was good too. Mm-hmm. Um, Elwood Beave just says, does the pack – X have a media deal lined up for 2024. If not, who are they in talks with? Okay, we weren't going to talk too much about this. We'll give you a little bit um, from what we've heard. The Pac-4 was trying to. They have Oliver Luck. He was on campus on Friday, or yeah, Friday, right? Friday. Uh, no, Thursday. 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 He was on Oregon State campus Thursday. He is the one that's kind of working, trying to work behind the scenes to help get a deal. Um, all word that we had heard and i think it was close was that the pack four were going to try to merge with four or five teams from the aac so um smu tulane i mean they're uh, south florida couple there memphis um and have kind of an east and a west division and then in the year following try to pick up san diego state um, a couple others stanford and cal apparently now have gone back trying to get an invite to the acc I believe that there's talks about another vote happening in the next day or two um, as as early as possible tomorrow. Um, They are still trying to get anything they can um, to get to the ACC, which would leave the PAC two. Um, You know, a few weeks ago, I would have said that was the best case scenario because then the big 12 would be, it would be more desirable for the big 12. Now I hear big 12 is done for now. Um, I think, I've been trying to, A, the most important things for fans to do right now is to buy tickets and support this team. But um, I've been trying to send anything positive I see about Oregon State. You just uh, tweet out the at Big Ten or Big 12. Um, I still think that makes the most sense, but we've we've learned through this is that nothing that makes sense yeah. is, is being I feel done. Like so culturally the Big 12 is the best fit for Well, for my husband State. even said another move that he thought would make sense, if you want to talk about making sense, is – the pack, the four should go to the Big Ten, and then you have the the pack eight and the Big Eight, just like the old days, and they all be Big mm-hmm. Ten. But you'd have the eight teams in the West, eight teams in the East. It, it kind of makes sense from from that historic rivalry and historic. But like I said, 
everything that has made sense. And the, and the funny thing that I'm hearing, so remember Washington and Oregon didn't want to risk taking that Apple deal, the 25 mm -hmm. million with a chance to go above that with subscriber numbers. They did not want to take Apple deal because they said that was, you know, trying to sell subscriptions was not, you know, what they wanted to do. They wanted to take a half a share in the big 10. The latest rumors are that Apple is looking to buy ESPN. Yeah. So how about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I think there's going to be a lot of litigation coming here, whether that's from George Klyakov, um, and, and what maybe the USC Carol Folt knew, you know, that didn't, when she blocked Pac-12 expansion, um, I think there's, and, and, and other schools, I, I, I'm not trying to pick out, I think there's several schools there that, um, the PAC 12, I think the commissioner, I think there's Apple. I, I think there's going to be a lot of ugly litigation here in the, in the years to come, but right yeah. now Oregon state needs to win and Oregon state doesn't have time to wait out litigation. They need a home. Yeah. So um, uh, hopefully power five. I mean, something else that's really interesting and sticks out to me is Washington's athletic director left for SC today today three, not even three weeks after and that kind of makes me think because the rumor has it is washington was the school not oregon that kind of at the very end pushed their way too so maybe she was setting things up for usc travel easier out i don't want to like uh think about it's just an interesting yeah there's a lot of a lot going on there and a lot of very expensive powerful lawyers are already working behind the scenes on all that so um, but like I said, Oregon State doesn't have the luxury to sit and wait. We do, they don't have a endowment that they can sit and, and you know, subsidize athletics um, millions and millions of dollars while this plays out. They need a home, and um, hopefully it's a, a, a good one. So like you said, culturally, I think Big 12 is a great fit for all other sports, yeah. for baseball, for gymnastics, for wrestling. Wrestling. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's just there's several land-grant schools there. Budget-wise, Oregon State Falls. Um, kind of in that same, the budget. Anyway, we could go on and on like this forever. There is a thread in the lodge with over 300,000 views um, that we do talk about all this. So um, make sure, you know, like I said, if you're not a member, we talk a lot about a lot more than just Beaver Sports there. So join beaverblitz.com, save 30%. Season starts, goodness, in a week and a half. Um, next days. week, next week might look a little different. We're, we're playing it by year just because next Monday. I will be moving my child, my son, my 18 year old son into college. I'm already sad. I've already had tears. So keep me in your thoughts because this is going to be a tough one for this mama, but maybe have Carter come back. We'll see Jake. We'll, we'll try to work something out. Um, but we will definitely be back then the following week, Jake and I to talk about that San Jose game, stick with Beaver Blitz for all the latest and uh, Jake, we'll see you uh, in Corvallis again tomorrow. Yep. Let's get it.